I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. And we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast on the Beckett Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Eric Norton. What's going on, everybody? want to wish everyone a happy new year. Thank you so much for uh, joining me in 2020. I really appreciate that. As we kick off our first show of 2020, uh, it took, took three weeks off. Didn't really intend to take three weeks off. It just kind of happened. I got the flu. Um, my, my grandmother passed away, and then the holidays happened, and now we're, now we're back, at, back at work this week. So uh, took three weeks off, had a little, little bit of a lull. Sorry about that. But here we are. We're, we're, uh, we're rolling in 2020, so uh, thank you, everybody, once again for joining me, and let's, uh, let's get started. Uh, first, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, of course, Dynasty Breaks. Go check them out at DynastyBreaks.com. Hope you're enjoying those uh, Dynasty Breaks hit of hits of the night, sometimes hits, sometimes hits. The Dane is just having a lot of fun over there in the crew and, and pulling a lot of good, uh, good, good cards for you guys who are uh, in on those breaks. Don't forget that new customers get a $5 credit. And uh, just go ahead and head over there to DynastyBreaks.com and make sure you get, on, get in on that. And, of course, Pastime Marketplace. I want to thank them uh, for their beautiful cases and, and their sponsorship. You can use code FATPACKS at checkout for 20% off. So don't forget to uh, go ahead, head over to PastimeMarketplace.com and get yourself a, a beautiful graded card case. And when you check out, just use FATPACKS. Get yourself 20% off. Let them know that we sent you over there. And finally, we got a new sponsor this year. I want to give a big shout-out to Vintage Breaks for joining the uh, the team here at the Fat Fat Packs team. I really appreciate uh, everything Leighton does with 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 uh, Vintage Breaks. Chris oh, uh, Chris Gilmore, of course, as well as you see him on the uh, on the live feed. But Vintage Breaks is a great place. Uh, they have all your your Vintage Break needs. I broke with them last year for the first time, and it was an amazing experience. So, uh, looking to do more of that in 2020. Don't forget to go check them out. Uh, let them know that we sent you sent you over there, and uh, tell them thanks uh, because I really appreciate them as well. All right, we're going to jump right into the show here because we don't have a lot of new new products and new pricing to talk about. We have one new product, <clears throat> excuse me, one new product that releases tomorrow, and it's Leaf Multi Sport uh, Jersey Autograph. I believe that's what I called it, or what they called, it, not what I called it. Yes, it's Leaf Multi Sport Autograph Jersey Edition. So. Uh, uh, if you're into the autograph memorabilia, just the one product this week, this is the this is the time for you to jump on and grab that. And then new pricing wise, just three products that got priced while uh, we were on the holiday break: Tops Triple Thread Baseball, uh, Tops Transcendent, which is <clears throat> a hell of a hell of a set. I'm, I, I still don't know how they do that, but you know that's not me. Uh, and then Tops Chrome Sapphires priced as well. Uh, those all got priced over the holiday break. Make sure you're going to uh, pick those up on your OPG and check out what you got there. Speaking of pricing, I want to mention <clears throat> Upper Deck Series 1. Um, this is my fault. I did this. I'm sorry. I will. Uh, it'll be corrected in the next Beckett if you're if you're if you're purchasing the hockey magazine. That the base set is not in the hockey magazine. I forgot to turn on the flags before I left for the holiday, and then it went to print. That is my fault. I apologize. So, if you need pricing for your uh, for your base set that is not not listed in the magazine, please let me know directly. You can email me at ericn at beckett.com and I will help you out with what you need. <laughs> Why am I? That's 
<coughs> excuse me, my, I'm getting choked up about that. I don't know. That's that's a bad move on my part. So uh, sorry about that. All right. So that's it for new products and new pricing. So let's just jump into the show. We got a couple of guests this week. I'm really really excited about the first one, uh, Joe Ocardo. He is a sports artist. You guys know how I feel about sports artists. Um, we've been we were trying to make this work for it, sound, it seemed like a month, and we finally got it locked down. So he was able to join me this week, and we have a great giveaway for you as well that will be posted when the show gets posted. So um, if you like sports art like I do, please listen to this. He's it, it's a it's great about his origin story, what he's doing now, uh, and some tips even. So. Um, Joe was a, a lot of fun to talk to, and I, I'm, he is welcome back anytime. And then on the other side of that, uh, we have uh, John and Fran from Did I Get a Fake Brady? It's a Facebook page that um, – I'm sorry, Did You Get a Fake Brady? It's a fake book, Facebook page that is dedicated solely to identify, identi- identifying good and bad uh, Tom Brady autographs. I've been watching that page for a little – about a year, not maybe a little under, but – the banter that goes on in there is great, but these guys are really knowledgeable, and I have I've had a lot of fun watching them. So I wanted to bring them on. So I'm excited about all three of these guests actually, because um, that I, I'm just I'm not an autograph guy. I don't I don't know it, but Tom Brady seems to be you know one of the bigger fakes out there, faked autographs out there in the sports world. So I thought, why not? Let's, let's bring them on. Let's have some fun and talk about fake Brady's and they did an excellent job. So, uh, we got those back to back interviews and then on the flip side, on the other end of that, we'll come back with some parting shots from myself. Uh, maybe some things that happened over the holiday break and, uh, what's happening right now. So guys hang tight and we'll be right back after this quick break. Hey guys, this is Brian from pack of cards 87 and you're listening to the fat pack. All right, guys, joining me next on the podcast is my new friend, Mr. Joseph Ricardo. He's a sports artist. You all know that I love sports art, so I had to bring this to you first off the bat in 2020. What's up, Joe? How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, a little backstory here. We tried to make this work several times, and we finally got it right, so I'm excited to have you here today. Let's just start at the beginning. Let's, let's start with your origin story in art. How did you get, start, how did, how did you get started with art? Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. Um, pleasure to be here. So, um, it's uh, so yeah. The art got started for me. Um, you know, I uh, my my father uh, would dabble in art when we were younger, when we were little kids, and you know, he never he never did anything with it. It was just something that he would do on the side for fun. You know, uh, if we wanted him to draw us a picture of something, he would just knock it out. And uh, I was always just mesmerized by how fast he could do it. And, you know, like I, he could be playing poker with the guys and, you know, and I would go up to the table and he would draw Spider-Man for me real quick and, and send me on my way. And, and that's pretty much when I, I fell in love with, with the drawing and, and the art because, because of my dad. Because your dad, that's great. Now, so what do you remember was maybe one of the first things you ever drew that like, like really like hooked you? I was, I was playing around a lot with a lot of cartoon characters uh, okay. when I first got into it. Um, I was doing, you know, Hanna-Barbera and, and Disney and comic book char- you know, characters. And my school, when I was in second grade, had an art contest. And so um, I, for some reason, I don't know why, I, I chose to do a drawing of Pinocchio. And uh, so I, you know, did a couple different drafts of it until, I guess, even at a young age, I was very just 
anal and I'm very a perfectionist, my worst critic, even back then. <laughs> um, and uh, so I did a couple drafts of it and then I submitted it and then the school called my mom and they told her that they were going to have to disqualify me from the contest because I had cheated and obviously traced. Um, so at seven years old, you know, you, you put in this work and, you know, it's, it's fun, obviously. And you, you, just for someone to say that, it, I guess it's a compliment as well, but at the same time, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like, that wasn't what happened. So my mom, you know, made a big fuss and, uh, you know, the band got lifted and, uh, I got to, uh, participate in the contest, which I did end up winning, <laughs> which was nice. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, so it was, that was my first real memory of, of, uh, of my first real art. Piece, I guess you can say. There you go, Pinocchio, folks, for you Walt Disney lovers out there. Now, I got to stop you and ask you a question here because um, my son is nine. My oldest son is nine. And okay, he, I'm a, my oldest is almost, my oldest daughter is almost eight. Okay. So, I, so he, he's like, he's he's not very athletic. He, he is playing basketball and all that. And he loves Legos, but man, this kid draws all the time. As a parent, what are, what are maybe, give me one or two tips that I can do to encourage him to keep up what he's doing. You know what? That's a great question. And my daughter's in the same boat. My daughter loves to draw, and, and she watches me. And um, you know, just be, just engage with them. Just keep, just, just reinforce that that it's a positive thing they're doing. Um, you know, my daughter, uh, unfortunately, she'll get hard. You know, get down on herself, and she'll look at something and be like, I, I don't like it. It doesn't look like yours. And it's like, you know what, honey? Like, daddy's been doing this for thirty plus years, and I'm still trying to figure things out. You know, so it's, it's it all comes with time and. You're going to get better and, you know, try new things. And it's art. That's the great thing about art is it doesn't matter, you know, you don't have to compare it to anybody else's because it's yours. So uh, just, yeah, definitely just uh, just encourage them and, you know, challenge them as well. I, I always challenge my daughter. I'll, I'll throw new things at her and say, why don't you try doing this? Or have you thought about maybe trying to do a picture like this? And just to see where their comfort zone is and, and where their skill set is and, and, you know, but just keep it fun. Bottom line, keep it fun, and, and because once uh, it's not fun, uh, you can easily lose interest. I, I mean, I've done. I, I had a, po- a moment in my life where I walked away from it for twenty years. Oh, wow. I, I don't know why I did. It just, I guess, I was young and other things were going on in my life. But I, I do regret it. And it was actually my daughter that got me back into drawing. Thankfully, so awesome. That's a great know, story. It, was, it, was, it definitely came full circle with kind of like how my dad would draw for me, and I started drawing pictures for my daughter to color and. And then she got hooked, and so now she's got her own art stuff, and she does her own work. So That's great stuff, man. That's great. Thank you very much for that because, like I said, he, Eli's nine, and he is like, he'll, he'll disappear in his room, and he'll come back an hour later, and he's got this whole set of characters that he's drawn, and he's given them all names. And I'm like, this is I, like, at, at nine, I wasn't doing that. That's really cool. Yeah, no. And, and the fact that, that he is doing, creating his own characters, you know, and naming them, that's huge. I mean, that's. That the the imagination and, and and the thought that has to go into that because you, he's not just looking at a picture he's creating his own you know his own world sure and that that's that's could only be a positive awesome awesome in my, in my opinion that's great that's great news I'm gonna go home and uh, buy him some 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 graphite pencils or something yeah <laughs> no, absolutely yeah, definitely uh, they get excited over it for awesome. sure. All right, let's let's hop back on topic here. Uh, that was a little personal uh, for me, but let's talk about cards because I know that you collected cards. What was the first set of cards you got into? First set of cards I got into, or I got introduced to, was uh, the '86 Topps baseball set. All right, that was the, my first recollection, and uh, I I didn't have the entire set. I was close back then. Uh, the first, I think, the first cards, uh, actual full set of cards that I owned was the '87 tops. Oh, yeah. I did have that whole set of that, which was pretty cool back then. Uh, but yeah, that '86 set, um, you know, a lot of good rookies. You know, um, 
And uh, I, so, so I started collecting the cards and, you know, just kind of one day, just, you know, just by looking at these athletes and I thought these pictures were cool or they look, you know, this is, I thought it'd be something that I could sit down and try to draw because I had a, I had a love for it. So that it, I was very excited and interested to give it a shot. So I sat down and looked at a card and, and that's how it started for me. There you go. So, um, we we were talking off air a little bit, so I know that the answer is Ricky Henderson. But like that first that first athlete you tried to draw was Ricky Henderson. Is it because you're a big Oakland fan, or is it because you were a big Ricky Ricky fan? I won't blame you for either. Well, you know, you know both both actually because I, I'm like a, I, I was, we were talking briefly earlier, and I, I'm from the Bay Area. That's where I was born and raised. So I, I spent a lot of time at the uh, Oakland Coliseum. Um, you know, during especially during baseball season, uh, I was there probably eighty percent of the summer. Um, and, uh, so that, that's, I was just a huge A's fan. I was a huge baseball fan and I, and I love football as well. So, uh, for me, you know, A's Raiders, um, even when the Raiders were in LA, um, still followed them over there, uh, big Bo Jackson fan and, and Ricky Henderson. And, and I, you know, I was always drawn to Ricky. I, he always just had a flair about himself and, you know, he talked in the third person and he, <laughs> you know, he was fast and he looked cool and. You know, he was just a great ball player to watch and a lot of fun to watch. He just never knew, you know, what was going to happen. He was going to start the game off the home run or get on base and steal a base. And it was just exciting for me. And I, as a ball player growing up as well, I, I really tried to emulate his style the best I could. Um, but, yeah, that's that, he was for sure on my list of the first ones I had to try to, to draw. So he, Ricky gave the greatest speech ever. And when he said, today I'm the greatest, that is like – the the most baller way to start a speech ever. So uh, <laughs> that's Ricky Henderson, right? You, know, you, got, you, you gotta love it. Absolutely. So uh, growing up in the Bay Area, uh, 86, 87, 88, Man, you got the you got the the meat of the Bash Brothers. Tell me about uh, yeah, what it absolutely. was as a kid watching them. That was that was amazing. You know, it was uh, uh, it was just such a fun time to be an A's fan. Uh, that place was always just crazy and exciting. And I mean, we had so that the roster was so loaded back then. Um, you know, from the top of the lineup to the bottom. I don't even know if there was a weak spot in that lineup back then. And this was, you know, you know, during the, the World Series against the Dodgers, which didn't work out for us. And then, uh, then you had the Bay Bridge Series. Um, but I remember back then uh, in '86, '87. You know, when you go to the games, Mother Cook, Mother's Cookies uh, would give out uh, baseball card sets. Right. And I, and I always thought those were super cool. And, and I, my, my uncle worked for Mother's Cookies as well, so I had multiple sets <laughs> of these cards. You know that were coming into my possession, which was awesome. But, but yeah, you know, the rookie, you know, Jose and Mark's rookie year, you know, the, or uh, Jose's rookie year, and Mark's rookie year. I had those sets. Um, yeah, the, the Bash Brothers was so much fun to watch. Uh, such a huge part of my childhood. I mean, God, so many memories about about that team. Absolutely. Um, so you you mentioned the Bay Bridge series, and I so I got to ask because you lived through it. Tell me about the uh, tell me about the World Series and the uh, and the. Uh, um, the earthquake that happened. Earthquake. Yeah, what were your memories so, of that? So in '89, when 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 no '90, that was '90. No '90 was the Reds. Yeah, so it was '89. Yeah, with the Dodgers. That's right. right. So in '89, I thankfully I was uh, I was no longer living during that time of the year because what, you know my parents um, you know separated when I was younger, so I would spend summers with my dad, and then I would go back up to Northern California and stay with my mom. Okay. So I remember we were at football practice, um, you know, Pop Warner football practice when the earthquake happened. And I remember we even, you know, three hours away can feel like we all stopped what we were doing, but nothing to the, obviously to the horrible degree that, that went on there. But no, I was not there for the, for the, uh, okay. Earthquake. Well, that's, that, I mean, 
thankfully that you're here now, so that's awesome. But um, yeah. the, what a, what a tragic situation that was. Uh, Absolutely. L- let's move on, so we, we don't bring the show way down. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously you're you're a Bay Area fan, Oakland Raiders Athletics. What about the what about the Warriors? Were they on your radar then? You know, back then, well, not back then. But they, I mean, they. I, I remember, you know, basketball. I've I've enjoyed from afar. It was never really a, a passion of mine as much as football and baseball was. Okay. Growing up, I mean, I played basketball. I loved it. I I, I thrived more at baseball and football uh, athletically than I did at basketball. Um, so that might have something to do with it. But I was such a huge, you know, Michael Jordan Bulls fan. Um, now the Warriors, I. I enjoyed Chris Mullen and Tim Hardaway and, and those guys when when they played for the Warriors back then, um, and, and, and then the Kings were the Kings. They didn't have really anyone back in the day, so it's just uh, I never really uh, gravitated to, to the NBA just because I guess at the time the teams that were in my area really weren't as relevant at the time as sure. they've become, um, and I just it wasn't my sport. So, uh, but huge, you know, whenever I was playing basketball, I was Michael Jordan. You know, that's just that's. <laughs> or I'd be the Showtime Lakers, you know. It was just that those were the, the teams that I followed more. It makes total sense. I mean, I'm 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 in your age range, and that that Jordan team was amazing. I'm really looking forward to that documentary coming out later this summer. Yeah, that that, yeah, that's gonna be a good watch for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and actually, when I was in, I did one of my uh, not to change the little kind of the same subject, but so the the medium that I use when I do my work nowadays is, is colored pencil. You know, so I kind of graduated and tried to move on to a little bit more. Uh, dynamic materials to use that can add different effects. And the first colored pencil piece I did was actually of Dennis Rodman. I, I remember doing oh, wow. that in my, my art class my junior year. It was uh, uh, the Dennis Rodman, I think it was a Sports Illustrated cover piece where he had, he had the bright orange hair. Um, but yeah, so it's just that you bring up you know some of the Bulls teams and he was part of that. So I, I, I did a piece. I wish I still had it. Uh, I gave it away as a gift, as I do with a lot of my work. <laughs> um, so I would like to see what that looks like nowadays compared to what I'm doing today. <laughs> today, Let, let's all right. Let's let's fast forward a little bit and talk about your you know your your free I don't want to call it your free handing art as a as a kid. Then you start to hone your skills and you go. Did you go to Did you go to art school? Did you go to a, a school that had an art class or what, what happened? Yeah, so you know I never went to art school. Uh, pretty much self taught. Okay. Um, over the years, when I was in high school, uh, I, my art teacher, Mr. Boyd, um, he had a great class, and it was really energetic, and he really got us into it. I mean, he, he, he really opened up your mind as far as things you can do, and he also educated you on other artists, which was really cool at the time. But I have never seen these colored pencils before, and I grew up in a very, you know, raised in high school, I was in a very small town, so materials, things, you know, we were a little behind the curve on, on certain things that were being, you know, released out at the time sure and uh so they had these colored pencils only the seniors were allowed to use them at the time that was the thing because yeah. they were expensive and and uh you know he didn't want freshmen you know messing around and breaking the pencils or whatever you know or people that didn't take it seriously so you had to be a senior to use these pencils and i and, and i would just sit there and see some of the, the students doing these pieces and, and some of them did sports work art which was obviously i was immediately drawn to and said oh yeah i've got i've got to get my hands on those and try that so I begged and begged, and, and then as a sophomore, because I, I was using my art teacher all through high school every year, and then sophomore year, he allowed me access to the colored pencils, and that was it. That was where it started. Awesome. That's, <laughs> you kind of just begged your way into it, I guess. Yeah, that was, you know, that was it. Because back then, I was, I mean, he knew I was very serious about it. I was doing 
my my sports art in class or anytime I had free range to, if it wasn't a certain assignment, if it was like, you know, do what you want to do or do what you like, it was always sports. And, um, you know, and then I, and during, and during that time, uh, I was part of the art club that we had at the school and for holidays, I would also get to make money uh, on my own or with the club, you know, to raise money. Uh, we would paint the windows for the holidays, uh, you know, we to do Christmas or what, you know, whatever the holiday was. And so I do, I would do that as well to try to make money to either buy gifts for my family or to buy art supplies. So that was a little side hustle I had going on even way back then. Um, so, but he knew I was doing this on my free time. So I think he just recognized that it meant a lot to me and he was nice enough to, to open up that box. And yeah, like I said, that was, that was it for me. I never, I don't think I ever did a, a graphite pencil piece again, or at least for a while. Very nice. Very nice. Now, one when did you know, like for real, that you you could do this like full time and you know give it a go and make make some money at it? Well, you know, that's a great point. You know, good question. I, I'm not doing it full time, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, that that is, it definitely is my goal and that it's my love. So I would love to be able to do this full time. Right now, you know, I'm a I have an amazing wife. I have two amazing little girls. I have a full time job. Okay. So right now, it's still just when I can make the time. All right. So it's it's a little frustrating, but it's still rewarding. You know, it's uh, it's I, I found out. I guess I can make money at this. Um, I, I did. I, I uh, like I said, you know, earlier, my daughter kind of got me back into it, and I was drawing pictures for her. And then, uh, you know, social media helped tremendously. Uh, you know, I, I share a lot of my stuff on Instagram, which a lot of artists do nowadays, and it's amazing. It's an amazing way to you know meet new people and just to see so much great art out there. Um, so I was sitting at home and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm not really doing anything in the evenings. Um, I, I just relax. So I'm like, why do I maybe try to draw again? I have the time to do so. So, uh, you know, I grabbed whatever materials I had laying around the house and then I did a Julio Jones piece, just very rough, just to kind of get me back into it to see what I remembered, you know, as far as the colored pencil world goes. Sure. And then, then I did a piece, I did a Bo Jackson and, uh, I put it on social media and, and I got a lot of feedback from it and then someone wanted to buy it and I'm like, well, yeah, sure. It's for sale. Of course. Um, I didn't even think about it at the time. I just got back into it to just to do. And then everything I started producing, people were interested in and wanted to buy. Um, so that's, that's the kind of just how it evolved. And then, uh, I, I took on a few, uh, commission pieces because at the time I was just drawing whatever I wanted to do and people were either into it or they weren't. And then so I took on some commissions, and it's been great so far. It's just, unfortunately, time is not on my side, so I'm not able to do the commissions like I would like because a commission would take me four months to do because each piece takes me about 90 hours to do, okay. give or take. All right. You know what I mean? So, But, yeah, but it's 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 I've enjoyed everything to this point, everything I've gotten out of it, and, uh, you know. Sure. I haven't. You know, the, the, the blessing is, you know, I'm doing something that I love, and I haven't had to pay out of my own pocket for a supply since. Oh, nice! So if you, you know, if you can do that, I think you're off. You're you're, you're on your way. It's, that's that's a plus. See, so, what led to that question is, I'm I'm taking a, a look at your Instagram page. If you guys are listening to me, it is j I'm sorry, j.acardo underscore art. If you're looking for him on Instagram, but there is a distinct point on your on your IG page where it goes uh, from pictures of your beautiful daughter to uh, some some artwork being added to it, and like you can tell from your IG where, where you start to take a, a turn here and really are cranking out these amazing pieces, which they're beautiful. But I, so 
I yeah. see a lot of Raider. I see a lot of Raider stuff. A lot of Bo Jackson. Yeah. A lot of a uh, 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 Beast Mode and uh, Derek Carr. I, obviously, you're a Raiders fan. So, right. do you have a favorite Raider to sit down and 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 and, and pencil out? Raiders that I would I, that I would love to pencil, but I haven't had a chance to do yet. I mean, I, I'm a big Tim Brown fan. He's definitely on my list of Raiders Raider greats. I have to do uh, Charles Woodson, uh, Cliff Branch. I would love to do a Cliff Branch piece. That's okay. Um, you know, there's just so many great players. But yeah, I I, I really enjoyed doing the uh, the Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson piece that I that I have up there. Uh, just because it was a picture that I don't, I never really came across growing up. I don't remember seeing that shot of them together, and I thought it was really cool because just the dynamic of those two guys anyway and what was going on with the team and how they were kind of captured together, you know, as, as a, as a group, you know, to my, my mind, the greatest tech mobile backfield you'll ever see. So, <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, so that's probably my favorite Raider piece I, I've done. The Marshawn Lynch piece was, you know, that was a very, I don't know if we have time, but a little quick backstory on yeah, that. Go, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, I manage a restaurant. So at the restaurant I was at, uh, a friend or an associate of Marshawn Lynch just happened to come into the restaurant. I didn't know who she was. She didn't know who I was. And we were just talking. And, and then I told her that, you know, I, I do sports art on the side. And so she had this idea to, you know, well, why don't you do a Marshawn piece and I can get it to him. And I said, well, that would be amazing. Or at least to his mother. I think the original plan was to get it to his, his mom. And uh, so months and months went by. I did this piece, which I'm very proud of. And I, I'm, one of my favorite pieces to date just because there's so much detail on it um and uh you know long story short the, his mom is the proud owner of that original piece so mm. i don't know what they have done with it but it is in her possession it was just a gift and uh you know it was it was, it was cool to do it and actually know that it got into her hands no which so. you I, I see the picture here on your ig i'm assuming that's her but this has turned into t-shirts as well how it's is it crazy to see your artwork on a T-shirt where people wear it? It, it is. It, it is, and that one I just and, I, and I, I'm by no means trying to get into the T-shirt business. Or that was something I did because I, you know, I did this piece, and I'm like, you know, football season was rolling around, and I'm like, I want a Marshawn Lynch T-shirt, and there's no, I'm not seeing anything out there that I'm a big fan of. I'm like, well, wait a minute, I'll just use my artwork and make a shirt out of it. There you, you know? go. So that's kind of what happened, and I have a friend that's, that does that, so I, he printed up a few of them, um, and people really liked them, and I, I couldn't print up enough of them, and I'm like, okay, I just got to stop because this is kind of snowballing into something that I don't want to get into, but it was, it was awesome, and people really liked it, and I, you know, I gave them out to my family, and I gave them out to friends, and, and uh, you know, and, and they still wear them, and they love them, and, and it is really cool to see, you know, your artwork being walked around it's just, it is a trip it is a trip it but, is a trip uh, yeah very much enjoy it we have uh we have fat packs t-shirts that uh our listeners wear to at the national and it's really crazy to see the logo is ba- is my face basically and it's it's cool right, to see. Right. <laughs> I, I, and i like the logo by the way oh. i was gonna i was gonna mention that when i had the time but i do like the logo that you have thank you very much i created that i'm not an art i'm not an artist at all i don't have a i don't have a, a lick of design in my in my body but i, I did that and i'm very proud of it but uh it, it's crazy to see people walking around in those shirts and, I, and i'm sure the other guys with uh, uh podcasts who have t-shirts you know seeing them their fans walk around in the, their shirts it's, it's kind of surreal um one yeah. one piece stands out to me on your on your ig page that i really got to ask about because um there's so much sports love all over this page and again you're beautiful kids but you have this wolverine piece tell me tell me about this 
Oh, the Wolverine piece. Oh, gosh, that's... Okay, the Wolverine piece, I, I and honestly, I feel so bad about that piece because, okay, so I have a friend that is a huge comic book fan. Huge comic book fan, and so what I wanted to do was during the holidays, I always get him, you know, movie tickets or something just, or something comic book related for Christmas. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do a picture. I, I, I knew his favorite character was Wolverine, so I'm like, I'm going to do a piece, a Wolverine piece, and I'm going to give it, that will be his Christmas gift. Um, so my heart was in the right place at the right time, you know, at the time. And, <laughs> I, and I honestly, when I envisioned it, I thought it would be a very quick turnaround piece because it wasn't so real. It wasn't a realism piece. It was, it was, I was, it was a comic book, so it's, the detail's not as heavy, uh, for me anyway. Uh, so I thought it'd be quicker. I thought it'd be a lot of ink and, and, and some pencil and be done. And me being me made it way harder than what it had to be. And I was very detailed and very wanting to make it look as much as the original, if not better, if I could. So I started this piece for him. And then I was also still doing a commission piece for another client um, that had to be done by Christmas. It was a Christmas present. So I, I just really booked myself I just overbooked myself, which was, you know, you learn. It was, I was, it was the first time that I had multiple pieces going on at, at, at one time. Sure. And uh, I just didn't get the Wolverine piece finished. And and I told my buddy what I wanted, what I what I intended to do, and I showed him pictures of what I had done up to this point. And Wolverine still sits in my closet unfinished and waiting to be finished. Oh, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sorry to bring up a sore there. subject. <laughs> I, I will finish it someday, I, 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 but as of right now, it's still unfinished. That well, you know, you'll you'll get it done. I believe in you. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I have you faith. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, uh, I told you I, I was going to keep you twenty minutes, but man, there's there's a few more questions I want to ask you. No, please. Um, no, so, you have this wonderful Eric Davis piece. Th- this is like, this is the Eric Davis that I remember, and I know that Eric Davis is like this low key uh, superstar in baseball. He has this kind of like cult following. And right. everybody, like, if you if you like Eric Davis, you really like Eric Davis. And then there are people who just don't care, and like, who you know, who who's Eric Davis? But this is a really cool piece. Tell me about who commissioned this and why why it got, why it got done. Okay, well, first off, thank you again. And and uh, yeah, Eric Davis. Like I said, I was an A's fan growing up, but I I really liked Eric Davis and Daryl Strawberry. Those two uh, always kept an eye on what those guys were doing. Um, yeah, you know, that, that picture is from the, the, the World Series when they played the A's, actually. So um, uh, the way I got into doing that piece was uh, a buddy of mine, we have a, a mutual friend, uh, Chris Wesling, who he works for NFL.com and the Around the NFL podcast. Um, super nice guy, and uh, he would come into my, my place of business, and that's how I got to meet him. And, and uh, so we would talk back and forth, and he, he was a fan of my work. Um, and then he went through some tough times. Uh, you know, he was diagnosed with cancer. And it was just really, just everything just kind of changed for him drastically. And, and uh, so he was going through some tough times. And, uh, I, you know, I've done pieces up to this point, you know, and, and I enjoy doing them as gifts for people. And, you know, Chris had no idea about it. And I knew his favorite player was Eric Davis. So, you know, I'm like, you know what, I'm not doing anything right now. I'm not committed to a piece. I'm going to try to do one of Eric Davis just as a gift for him because, just you know, he's down a bit and he's going through some tough stuff, which, you know, thank God he's, completely good now and he's in a remission and everything's going great and so that's he's got a baby on the way so everything's going great for him uh thank goodness but yeah i did that piece and and he was blown away by it he didn't ex- you know i when i first started doing it i reached out to him i said hey just so you know this is this is yours when it's done i'm doing this for you um and he was so appreciative and it's in his little home office at home and 
and yeah, so I, that's that one meant a lot to me because of why I was doing it. Not you know, wasn't I wasn't sure. getting paid or I didn't have any you know, no publicity. It was just you know doing a, a piece for a good guy that was going through a hard time. So that one meant a lot. Uh, that one's awesome. And then the last thing I want to ask you about is, um, is this piece that I see right next to it? It's a Babe Ruth that you drew. 30 years ago that you gave to your grandmother and this year yes. she, I'm assuming this year she gave it to you for Christmas. Um, yes. th- so I, I'm going to try not to cry because on, on this, this Friday we're burying my, my grandmother. She, she passed away uh, just before the holidays, but uh, so um, it, it's all right. Um, so, you know, seeing this piece is it's heartwarming and touching to me, but you, what did it mean for you to know one, a, she kept it for 30 plus years and then two, she was giving it back to you as a gift. Tell me about that. Well, you know, that was, first off, that was that was the amazing part that she had kept it for so long. Right. I, I you know, because I recall drawing it, but I don't remember, you know, I was so young, I was 10, 11 years old, and I, I didn't realize what an impact and what a special place in her heart that it had. To me, I was just drawing a picture for my grandma, you know what I mean? And And, and my grandmother is, you know, 93 years old, and she's, hilarious and she acts like she's still 30 something and it's, <laughs> it's a trip and and she's a firecracker and and we all love her so much and and when when she gave it to me it was it was kind of a bittersweet because you know she even said to me like listen i want you to have this because it, you it belongs to you you I, I loved having it for all these years and it meant so much to me but when i go i want to make sure that this is in your possession. I don't want this to go somewhere else or to end up in someone else's hands. So it was, it was, it was very sweet. And, 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 and I was, I, I love the fact that she took the time to one to hold on to it and to, to wrap it up and put it in a frame and, and present it to me. I thought it was so sweet and I couldn't believe I was looking at it. It was so weird to look at a piece I did so long ago that I had forgotten all about right. to be honest, in so many years. And so it just kind of took me back. Uh, you know, and, and I, as me as the artist, I'm just looking at the detail and, Oh, I did this back then. And so, but when my, when my grandmother, you know, said that to me, it was like, well, you know, grandma, you're, you're still here with us and, you know, you're not, but I get it. I do get it. You know, she's 93 years old and you do have to start thinking certain ways when I, I guess when you get that age, but very sweet. Um, I, I'm glad I have it. I wish she still had it. I wish it was still hers. Sure. Still, you know, I'm not really ready to have it yet from her, but I'm glad that I do have it. And it was a gift from her back to me. It, it means the world to me. It's, it's absolutely, uh, Really cool. Um, my grand, my grandmother. I love her. She was a horrible gift giver. So just to know that somebody's <laughs> somebody's uh, grandmother out there uh, gave gave them something that was meaningful was really cool. So uh, all right, uh, let's get you out of here. But before we do, I got two two little things. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a giveaway. Uh, talk to Joe before the yeah. show, and he he's willing to do a giveaway. So what we're gonna do is a like and retweet uh, of this episode. Uh, but I also want you to follow him on IG and uh, Twitter as well to make sure you're checking out his art. Um, so look for that when we post the show and uh, get in on that. And we, he has prints. I will I will let him uh, tell you what prints are available, and um, you can you can choose from those. And so just look for that giveaway. I'll get you guys. I got, I'll get the winner in contact with you, Joe. Um, and That'd then be amazing, That'd be awesome. And then two. Uh, please let my listeners know where where to find you on Instagram and Twitter, or where they can see your artwork. And uh, I know that you said commissions are tough, but if they would like a commission, where that where to contact you? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, right now I, I, 
I'm in the process of getting my, my website up and running, which will just be, you know, nothing, nothing major, but another place to showcase my art and where you can contact me. Um, yeah, right now, Instagram, I, I'm more heavily active on Instagram than I am on Twitter, but I am, I do post work on both. Um, and, and like you said earlier, it's just J dot Accardo. That's A C C A R D O underscore art. Um, yeah, and you can see, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly posting, uh, progression pics of my pieces. I've actually just started doing a Lamar Jackson piece. Uh, which I will be putting a picture up of that probably tonight or tomorrow of where I'm at with that piece. So I'm excited about that. Um, and, and yeah, and, and my Twitter is the same. It's just it's J dot Accardo Art uh, Twitter. So definitely would love to to see some new faces uh, chiming in. And I, I love feedback. Um, and you know, so my pieces I have are available as far as prints. I only do a limited amount of releases on my prints. Um, and then I do have some originals. Uh, not many, but I still have a couple of originals floating around that, that I've not sold. So if you see something that you're interested in, you know, just reach out to me. And uh, I love chatting. And, uh, you know, I also get a lot of uh, junior high kids that, that will chime in and, and that are art students and they ask for advice. And so if you have, you know, a child or something to ask some questions, I'm always free to, you know, with the time I have to uh, give tips or pointers, you know, whatever I can do to help anyone out. Awesome. Guys, please go follow him. You know that. Uh, you know, again, I said at the top of the interview. You know I love sports art. I've had I have sports artists on the show all the time. Uh, it, it gives them a place to to voice uh, what what they're doing and their passion. And I what I love about sports artists, Joe, is like I, I I say this a lot, but I can give you a picture of I don't know, say Tom Brady, and then give another artist a picture of Tom Brady. You guys are going to come back with two completely different things, but it, they're both be unique, and that's what's really uh, really awesome about it. You guys are uh, yeah, are, are really crazy. Is. Of us out there that are doing the sports, you know, the sports art, but it's, and it's all it's all different. It's all amazing, you know, in, their, in its own way. You know, me, I'm my own artist critic. I love when people enjoy my work, but to me, it's never it's never good enough for me. But I'm I'm working on that, you know. But I, there's so much great art out there, and uh, you know, and honestly, you know, Beckett Magazine is is where I started to see a lot of sports artwork being showcased and, and really got my wheels turning. And, you know, I. I said one day, you know, maybe one day I can have my stuff in, in, in this magazine. So, so absolutely. So this morning, I'll, I'll I'll end on this. This morning, uh, my my the, the ad sales director walked over and said, "Hey, Eric, I need the contact information for that artist that you posted last night." And I said, "I said, Ted, that came from Alex. Alex knows. Alex got that hooked <laughs> up. So I, I think you just need to talk to Alex. So hopefully, we will see you in this year's. Uh, I think we're having four four art magazines this year one for each sport so hopefully we'll see you in there that would be really cool uh, yeah, i hope so you know I've, I've i've enjoyed talking to alex and he's given me a lot of information and, and he's been super helpful as well i mean obviously alex is the one that got you and i together so right. you know uh, which i'm grateful for and it's been a blast to be talking with you and then hopefully we can do this again sometime um but yeah no it's uh, we'll, we'll see what happens it's definitely a, a, a goal of mine and something i want to see uh you know, follow through for sure. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys, uh, you guys hang tight. We're going to be right back on the other side of this break with, uh, the guys from, did you get a fake Brady? We're going to talk about fake Brady autographs out there in the market, but Joseph, thank you again. You are welcome back anytime. All right. No, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Eric. I appreciate you. All right. You guys hang tight. We'll be right back. This is Jeff Rosenberg, president of TriStar Productions. You're listening to the fat packs on Beckett radio. All right, guys, I want to say thanks again to uh, Joseph, great artist. Uh, go check him out at j.acardo underscore art on Instagram. Uh, make sure you're following uh, all that he does. 
Uh, and it's going to lead right into our next conversation because he has a great Tom Brady piece up. And uh, it's, it's beautiful. But we're going to talk about fake Brady autographs now with a page that I've been kind of following on Facebook for a while now. It's funny, but the, the guys that we're going to introduce next, uh, John and Fran, they're kind of the experts on Brady on Brady autographs. So uh, let's just jump right in. John, please introduce yourself and give us give a little background about, uh, about how you got in the hobby. My name is John McCusker. I'm from uh, I'm from Westerly, Rhode Island, and uh, I grew up in Massachusetts. Um, I got collecting. I, I was always a card collector as a kid. I got out of it for a while, and actually, when I lived in San Diego, I think it was in 2002, I bought my first Tom Brady autograph, cost sixty dollars, and it just opened up this I don't know thing in my brain that to almost an obsession that's still lasting here in 2020. Um, I bought a lot of cards. I really started off as a card collector. And, you know, not having a lot of money at the time, Brady wasn't expensive. So, but not having a lot of money at the time, you know, I really made sure that I was informed as I could be in that time. You know, the internet wasn't as what it was. It wasn't then, wasn't what it is then, what it is now. So sure. it was really hard. You know, I tried to keep up with the market and basically I just delved into every single possible Brady article, eBay listing, anything I could just to make sure that I wasn't getting burned personally. Because fakes is a big thing. That was, you know, slightly after that whole Operation Bullpen stuff with all the oh, fake autographs in the late 90s. So I knew that there was fakes and I didn't know if they extended the cards or not, but autographed cards was a new thing back then. So really it was just trying to make sure I didn't get burned. And that's how it all started for me. Awesome. What about yourself, friend? Tell, tell us a little bit about your background. I'm um, Fran LaFlash. Uh, I grew up in Western Mass, Greenfield. Um, uh, bought my first Brady autograph pretty much the first autograph I ever bought was a Brady rookie auto card. And I bought that around 2003, I believe. And, uh, ever since then, I just met a big Brady collector, not, not just Brady, everything, but primarily Brady. Um, I just kind of right away, I kind of noticed, uh, <laughs> I just looked at things different. You could, you could just see that there was a lot of fake stuff out there. It was pretty obvious. You know what I mean? And I was always kind of, kind of intrigued by, I see stuff selling so much of that stuff selling and just wondering why people would buy stuff like that and not do their homework on, on stuff before buying. And it just, I don't know. I just kind of drove me to, to do a lot more homework on that thing. Sure. Yeah. There's just so, so much bad stuff out there. All right. I'm sorry. I want to cut you out. You can't see him because we're in video land and he's a, and podcast land, but right now we're in video land. Fran is Brady out, man. He's got, <laughs> he's got autographs behind him. You're, are you a super fan? Is this what this is? No, no I'm, a, I'm a big Brady collector. I mean, we all are. John can go upstairs and his room looks very similar. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. This is the I only place it. I actually have quiet right now in my, right now in my house. <laughs> so I got That's awesome. All right. So, uh, your room is great. Did, 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 I, did you get a fake Brady? Uh, I love the concept, but take me back to the beginning, the origins of the room. Uh, where did you guys come up with it? Why did you see a need for it? And uh, how did it get started? I'll go. Um, so, so there was a, an administrator of a, a fairly large uh, RAS room that was having problems uh, with uh, fake Brady's in their room. And he basically started the room. Uh, that was really early in what Fran and I were doing. And the room didn't exist, but people would ask us to throw out other pages because they knew they knew what we were talking about. So the kids started the room and invited us to be basically the the expert, you know, opinion 
guys. And okay. it's, it started off as that. It was with the uh, with the fake problems that they were having, a lot of Razrams were having. They basically were trying to funnel everything into that room to get opinions on and possibly when found to have fake Brady's, get refunds to people, make spreadsheets, you know, basically a paper trail and trying to figure out why and how it was happening. That's how it started. That's how it started. Fran, you got anything to add to that, bud? No, that's pretty much it. Yeah, they just trying to get down on paper exactly what fakes were got by which guys and what rooms and, and try to get it like a trail followed to where these things were coming from and just try to get, get guys back any kind of money or retribution they could. And uh, I did uh, so, some guys to get their money back. I mean, a good bit of guys, I think, got something back. I don't, I don't sure. think they all got everything back, but at least some guys got something back, and that's better than anybody thought before the page, that's for sure. So you're, it's fair to say that, like, there was just – the market was just kind of flooded with fake Brady's, and, uh, and <laughs> people were getting bad stuff. So what, what what really made you guys want to help out? And Because you could have just turned the, turned the other cheek, bought up all the clean stuff, and, and went your own way, but how come you guys wanted to help out? Well, if it was pretty much we had just seen them flooded and nobody even knew they were fake. These guys were jumping into Raz and they were filling right away on these cigs. And we knew, me and John knew right away these were no good. Like immediately when we seen them, we're like, something's wrong. These ain't no good. And these guys are, I mean, these are all collectors. These other guys have been collecting for years and stuff too. This isn't just new guys. And they were filling these Razzes right away and they were going. And I know a couple of guys that were semi close friends to us. Have, we're getting them and we're like that's no good man what are you what are you doing and yeah. we, it took us a little bit to break it down and to and to find out that they were fakes and that they were fake tri stars but um and we caught a, a lot of back pressure from that too guys saying we were crazy they were good and all, all this stuff and we really had to dig in to find concrete evidence that they were no good before we got anybody listening to us so it was a it was a it was a real tough time we had for about six months yeah um, it was we, it was <laughs> There was a lot of money that was, you know, going around with this fakes, and a lot of people had their money invested. The people that were selling, you know, had money that they were making. So, you know, it, there was a real lot of blowback in, 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 in a couple of ways because of the just sheer amount of money that was behind and, you know, behind all these fakes. Yeah. Sure. So it, it was tough at first. What are some of the other barriers that you guys had to get through? Hmm. I don't. I mean, the real, really, the only barriers that we had to get to first was proving ourselves. Right. Yeah. It's just you know a lot of common sense comparison stuff. You know, getting getting the right people to believe us. You know, that was really at first yeah. it was getting people to believe us. And sure. once, once the smart people that could see what we were doing really understood that we knew what we were talking about, it kind of spread like that. Right. One of the more educated collectors and the older, the older guys that have been collecting for longer, once they understood, we knew what we were talking about, and life got a little easier for us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. So once you guys get through those barriers and, you know, you're pointing out all the all the fakes, were you, were you surprised at how many fakes were out there? No. <laughs> no, because no, they, were, they were working. I mean, they were just flooding it. They knew they were going, and nobody was really questioning them except for me and him. I mean, besides me and him, not one person knew they were wiser. They were going. These guys were happy as hell, showing them off everywhere. I mean, it was it was crazy, and we're, we were just like, this is nuts, man. These, I mean, to me, I mean, they don't even they don't even look close. Like, when we saw them, we were like, these ain't even close. So we were pretty much just blown away that everybody was so into these things, and, and it was funny. You could see, you could actually watch that the forgers 
they must have been connected to us somehow to our page because you saw as we were saying what what was tipping us off about the SIGs. Mm-hmm. They would adjust the big, yeah. They were adjusting the signatures. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It was it was crazy. They were evolving to what me and John were saying. That's why we're kind of careful on there what we say. We'll sure. talk on, PM each other off before we talk and stuff, and because they were they were actually adjusting the signatures to try to combat what we were seeing that was tipping us. Still off. are. Wow. Yeah, they still are. Sure. Wow. So let I mean, without giving everything away, then what are what are some common common uh, traits of some of some cakes yeah this is the question yeah. <laughs> Brandon and I talked about how we we're going to handle this question this is this is probably the toughest one um I think for me personally uh the best way to answer this would be I don't know it's just for 17 plus years I've had and it's kind of embarrassing I've had a kind of an unhealthy obsession with one hand signature uh, <laughs> you know yeah uh, the, the photographic memory, the, the past, the fact that I've seen tens of thousands of these just in, in, in keeping up with the Brady market, you know, reading articles, watching Brady sign, um, to, to tell somebody that doesn't understand, like, this is a sign, is, is, is not something that's easily done. You know, no. this, is, this is like an organic, you know, I met Fran because of this, you know, he, he right. first, when he first messaged me, I'm like, this kid doesn't know what he's talking about. I've never met anybody that knows what they're talking about other than right. myself. Sure. And to find him and to find that he could talk to me about the things that we talk about, I don't think there's anybody else out there that I could possibly explain it to. Me neither. No, all the people I've met in collecting and stuff, he was the only one that could see it the way I see it. And I can explain it to them. And we work extremely well together. And uh, he sees stuff sometimes that I don't see. And we'd go back and forth. And I think every about every time we come up where we want to be at the end. And uh, he, he he's a big help to me. And I know I know I. I help him a little bit with some stuff. No doubt, no doubt. The, the biggest thing for me is when I look at when I look at it, I these guys that are doing the forgeries don't even know the correct path through, that Tom takes through his sig. So I mean, you can look at it and they don't even line up, and you can discredit most of them within just on a couple of alone. Yeah. Just, just on path alone, they you can discredit most of them, and the ones that are real, really good, it gets a little tougher. But usually, the flow and pressure and that kind of stuff gets them gets them hung up on that. All right, so that I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I did have a question about that I did I didn't send you guys prep on. Like the flow of the signature. I mean, I know that signatures change over time, but he's he's generally probably for the what last five, six years he's had the same general flow. Is that correct? I would say he's had the same oh, yeah. he's had the same general flow since two thousand. Okay. You know, his flow, his progression of his signature has never changed. The way he goes about the structure of it. The style, okay. the styles have changed unbelievably. Yeah, so many times. If you'll okay. see John's John's last post today on the page, if you go look at it, you'll see he put a, a, over the years all a bunch of they're all everyone's legit. All the sigs throughout the years, they're all different from a full from full sigs to tri-star sigs. And it's just it's amazing how much those signatures have changed and how much he can control his signature. Is it's it's amazing. I mean he yeah, signed them rookie like his rookie year cards that he signed. That uh-huh. one style of signature was only done on rookie cards. And, and then so it, he never really did that sig exactly. And then he never yeah. did that sig again anywhere else. He signed uh-huh. the same way he does well, the same general sig he does now. He signed that way in ninety-eight. And then his rookie cards he signed a totally different way. Just Almost like some I, I've actually heard people uh, come up with the, the the conspiracy theory before, which isn't true that maybe his dad signed him. 
because he never did them anywhere else. But he, they, they, I have seen other examples outside of those rookie cards, but they're extremely rare. And we see signs of his sig now in that signature in those still. Signatures. I mean, the T is different, but we still see the back, the end of it still pretty close. Okay. All right. What about, are there some other common pieces that forgers use? Uh, jerseys, flats, helmets, or is it kind of just a mixed bag of stuff? Mixed I bag. think, yeah, it's a mixed bag for sure. But I think helmets, to me, helmets are the most popular because you can wipe them. Yeah, and I think that I think that makes them a little bit more susceptible being done. But we've definitely seen that every everything's definitely been done by the same group of forgers. I think they they're just forging off the off of the database. They run the numbers on there and they they order up what they need to order up for the numbers they go through. And they then whatever numbers they get on their holograms, they're going to they're going to forge the order pretty much. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that that's what's happening. So with that being said. Are, are mini helmets a problem then? I mean, like, I'm a, I love mini helmets, and um, I think they present and display well. So I would be I would be more tempted to buy a mini helmet than you know probably a full size helmet. Or, like, do you see a lot of mini helmets with bad sticks on them? Probably no. the least, I think. Yeah, mini helmets yeah. in general between uh, forgeries and non forgeries are probably one of the more rare Brady items. Sure. Okay. Agree, yeah, it's probably the least out of the least out of the bunch. Helmets being the most, I think jerseys, yeah, jerseys and photos are kind of close. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's that's a that's good news, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Full size helmets though is like it's just mass. Yeah. Really? What? Yeah. Now let's let's talk about inscriptions because I, I've seen over the last couple of days, you guys on the page have had an inscription conversation. Tell me oh, yeah. about inscriptions. Well, you want to tell them how we broke that one out, John? <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. One of the one of the guys that helped us out. There's a couple other guys on our page that help us out, and they're they're great. Um, they have they have pretty good knowledge. Um, brought some kind of crazy mural to us that had this awful inscription on it, and it's like, you know, is this good? And I said, no. I mean, right away you can see that it's just not a handwriting. And as you saw in that post, you know, once collectors and people with money invested in this start digging. They, you know, turn stuff up and basically our involvement in it mostly was just, you know, showing people how and why they were fake. You know, we, sure. you know between Fran and I, we didn't need to to just to, to, you know, hash it out. We knew what was what, but to, sure. to make everybody else understand, we went through the comparisons. We went through why this wasn't this, why this wasn't that, why it's fake. And uh, then, you know, pretty much the Internet got digging, found the person <laughs> involved and it kind of turned into a little bit of a shit show. Wow, <laughs> that happens, huh? <laughs> um, so, you, you, some, one of you, I want to say, posted uh, a, it wasn't a scorecard, it was some numbers that he was, he had, somebody was handwriting that he, that had, he had uh, scribbled out, and you were oh, able Super to. Super Bowl sheet. Yeah, the Super Bowl sheet. Yeah. How helpful is something like that? What's that question again? Sorry, I didn't hear it. How helpful is something like that to be able to see? That was really small handwriting. I mean, when you look at it and you really, really look at it compared to some of the, like, that was, uh, what, 2001, I think that was like Super Bowl yeah. 36. Yeah. So you could, what you saw a lot in that one was really comparable to what you would see on his rookie cards. Same kind of like letter structure. And he's a really yeah. lazy writer. He, he barely lifts a pen up off a of paper. Sure. You know, really lazy, really messy. Um, but that's really small. So it's really difficult to, use that as a comparison base for anything, but you can see the style and structure okay. in that in that Super Bowl sheet that, you know, 
you can tell it's his. Sure. For me, that's me. I don't know, you know, how, when Fran looks at it, I don't know, how, you know, how he feels about it. But. If I want to look at writing, I usually, I just look in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I usually just look at my own cases and, and compare yeah. the writing. I go, upstairs, I go upstairs into my room a lot sometimes when I might be uh, struggling right. with something. I'll just, you know, go through my own stuff first before I start going on the internet. Absolutely. I understand that. So, one would just assume that a lot of these forgeries are coming from uh, forgeries are coming from the Northeast. Are, is that true, or is it kind of all over the country? Go ahead, we we trace them back. Where we trace them back to the sources in Wisconsin. Really? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar familiar with the amount of memory stakes that came out back in the day. There was a huge amount of amount of memory stakes that came out, and. Uh, I think it's the same source that went right to the TriStar fakes, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah. But wow. they do come from everywhere. I mean, they come from everywhere. I mean, they do, but the, the majority, they, right. and he's right, they do. We've seen, and we've seen other fake TriStars be attempted, and the Steiners and all, all them, all them companies. Guys are all going for them because usually when a collector sees that sticker, it's to him, it's a guarantee, and he's sure. gonna, he's gonna pay for it no matter what. It's a guarantee, it's real, and that, I mean, that's not the case anymore, unfortunately. You gotta you gotta do a little more digging than that. Yeah, so, the holograms are so easy to, to make because there's so many companies online that you can just send an example to and they yeah. don't care. You know, they'll make whatever you want them to make. You know, if it's China, they're just they're just gonna make it and send it to you. But they those never tri- get hundred percent right. No, those TriStar ones are pretty good, man. And we, we had to look and dig at those for a while. The only thing that that we noticed was different on them, I hate to say, was the the font, the number font. And yeah. It, and you can break it down pretty much when you see the it. Signatures were bad. Close. The signatures were bad, but a lot the of the signatures were bad. I mean, we knew before we saw the holograms. Sure. To, to explain it to other people, we had to find the hologram, show them the number, and say, okay, man, now do you believe me? It's like when, when we were first trying to trying to explain to people, we knew what we were talking about, and they were no good. I mean, guys were, guys were totally hung up on that signature. They thought it was real. It blew my mind. But wow. yeah, yeah. Huh. So we, we had to dig a into the into the hologram too unfortunately but we found it there also this might be a loaded question but are companies like try try start thankful for the for the work that you're doing or are they even acknowledging it or do they care um yeah we they they're very careful about what they what they say and do as as they should be yeah um but i i i think that they're thankful they i think they know what what we're doing and i think they're thankful about it because it it stops guys from buying all that stuff on the secondary market like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to push them to buying from an authorized TriStar or Steiner dealer or, or fanatics. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, they're, they're very careful what they say as we try to be too. Awesome. As you should be. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk, about, let's talk about good autos. Uh, what's, what, what's the most common thing to look for in a good Brady auto? Okay. Well, uh, as, as, as Fran mentioned before, you can go to a post that I probably just put up an hour ago. Yeah. I think it's about 19 examples of different styles. Yeah. Sure. So, again, to, like, pinpoint one specific thing is next to impossible. I mean, I don't know too much about, you know, other athletes, but I've never seen somebody that has more different styles and just ways of signing his name than he does. He's You know, he, he goes from the – you know, you're special to me, so I'm going to take my time and give you a really nice signature to yep. get the hell out of my face. Here's here's a scribble, you yep. know, and it runs in between both. 
you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, I, I, I try to compare it to the Michael Jordan thing because I pay attention. I don't know anything about Jordan autographs, but I pay attention when guys are talking about it online. And it seems like he's pretty structured and hasn't changed his style all that much in 30 years, where okay. Brady's the complete opposite. So basically, you know, unless you're totally aware and up to date with like new signings and what's in the market and to be able to really give you any concrete information on a good one would be really tough. Okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, he's got to be one of the most sought after autographs anyways. And, and being able to pinpoint something and um, you'll be 100% sure without having expert knowledge is pretty tough. I'm assuming. So with that being said, what's the best piece of advice you would give somebody seeking out a Brady autograph? I, for for a new for like a new collector or anybody for a new collector, I would, yeah. I would tell a new collector to either consult someone like me and John or go buy directly from a, an authorized dealer. Okay. Because you you're I mean you're just playing Russian roulette. If you go on eBay and try to buy a Brady autograph, literally you're playing Russian roulette. I mean. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. I can run through there every day and pick out 30, 40, 50 of them easily that are no good. I mean. Yeah, if you're not buying from the Patriots Direct or TriStar or a TriStar authorized dealer, you're really just running a risk. You know, it's it. You know, it, there's so many fakes out there, so many fakes of what are supposed to be legit, and it's very difficult. I mean, you see the page, you see how many people ask us these questions, um, and usually a lot of times, you know, every so often we'll remind everybody, listen, if if you want to be sure, and you you know you're gonna have to spend up a little bit. That's the way it goes, and you just call one of these TriStar authorized dealers or TriStar themselves and order from them. So I, I didn't ask this uh, on, on the sheet I sent you guys, but sitting here with you and this being a collector show and Beckett's a card, you know, we, we, we price cards and uh, we grade cards. Do you guys see bad Brady autos on cards? Have you seen that before? Yeah. Like, oh yeah? Is that like oh, common? Totally. But yeah, mostly they're advertised as in-person signatures. Okay. Um, but one, one concerning thing that's popped up in the past probably year plus is people are starting to, you know, like they make the holograms, people are starting to make those stickers, yeah. you know, putting them on cards with sure. fake autographs on them. And, you know, they're, they're nailing. The, the closest one I've seen is that top sticker where it says authentic autograph. I've seen a couple of them um, that somebody had made, and they threw a whole lot of bad Brady autographs and basically threw them on base cards, you know. Yeah. And they're, they're on eBay now. You can find them. Oh yeah, that's disturbing. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With those cards, I would always suggest because you know, I'm, you being a card guy, you always look to the back of the card for that little script on the bottom that says this right. autograph is, uh, you know, is is guaranteed by tops. You know, if it doesn't have that, it's not real. Right. Got it. Got it. All right, guys. Let's get some uh, guys in your room if you don't mind. Can you uh, tell them your Facebook page so they can uh, come and check you out? You got you guys got a couple of questions before you let them in, right? They they got to answer some. Some yeah. questions. Basically, we just, we're trying to get people not to comment so much because we have problems with people giving opinions that shouldn't be giving opinions. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and this is our free time. So to get into, you know, sometimes we don't mind doing it like we did the other night with the, with the inscriptions, but it's real tiring sometimes to have to keep answering the same questions over and over again. And, you know, people commenting, not knowing what they're talking about, you know, giving misinformation. So the, the big questions that you have to answer when you get in are basically, are you not going to comment? And you know, are you just going to take in this page as yeah. the good source of information? Exactly. Sure. Yeah. All right. So if they want to find it on Facebook, where do they look? 
Did you get a fake Brady? All right. There you go, guys. Uh, thank you both so much for uh, giving me some of your evening. I, I appreciate that and, uh, and working with me on this. Uh, I'd like to do this again, maybe maybe around uh, the start of the new NFL season and and see what else is out there and what, what has developed in the, the, the last nine <laughs> months at that point in time. Yeah. You're getting for it. It's always evolving. So, yeah, if you want to yeah. give us a call, we'd be happy to come back on. Awesome. All right, guys, uh, hang tight. We'll be right back with uh, my parting shots. This is Lane from Great Moments, and you're listening to Fat Pat. All right, guys, a quick thank you again to Fran and John, and, of course, uh, before that, uh, Joe. Thank you so much for uh, hopping on with me this week. I really appreciate you uh, guys spending a little bit of time with me. Hope you enjoyed those interviews. That Tom Brady autograph page, did Did you get a fake Brady? Go check that out. It's, it's a lot of fun. Those guys are really good, so uh, I, I can't tell you enough how important you know authentication is with your Brady's and these guys are not professional professional authenticators however they have dedicated their most of their adult lives to uh, identifying fake Tom Brady or, or good identifying Tom Brady autographs so please go check them out over there and uh, of course Joe if you want to uh, <clears throat> if you want to check him out it's j.acardo underscore art on Twitter and and Instagram Please uh, let them know that uh, you heard them. You heard them here on the Fat Packs, and uh, of course, we got that giveaway that's going to be posted with the show today. So, quick, uh, quick parting shots um, uh, for the first show, twenty twenty. A lot of stuff going on uh, initially here in the in this first week of, or I guess second week of of twenty twenty. We have uh, the Upper Deck Diamond Dealer Convention going on. I, I think they call it the convention. I'm not sure. It's a it's a gathering of Upper Deck Diamond Dealers. They're having a lot of fun out there in Disney Land, Disney World. Either way, they're uh, it's got to be Disney World because, yeah, it's got to be Disney World. They're having a lot of fun out there. So uh, looking forward to seeing more images coming from there and uh, the information coming out about products and uh, how they're helping dealers. And I hope, I hope to see uh, some positive things, which it's all been positive so far. Then Tops had a big announcement this week about Tops. I'm just going to read the copy because it's it's really cool. Tops Million Card Rip Party uh, happening February 4th at AT and T Stadium here in Dallas. A new decade of Tops cards calls for the world's largest group break. Join the fun on February 4th by turning into the Tops live stream of a million card rip party for a first look at 2020 Tops Series One baseball cards. Various breakers with <clears throat> will battle in Dallas, <clears throat> Dallas's own AT&T Stadium throughout the night, com- completing various tasks as they collectively rip open one million cards. This record-setting group break will usher in the newest year of Topps baseball cards, and we want you to be a part of the action. Get a first look at Topps 20 Baseball Series 1 the day before it hits the streets during the million card rip party, and be on the lookout for more information on how you can join a group break. Um... This is going to be uh, a lot of fun. We are we already know that Top Shelf Breaks, uh, Chris Keller is going to be there, and uh, Ryan and Tom from Real, uh, Real Breaks are going to be there. So, looking forward to seeing the rest of the group breaking list. Hopefully, uh, you guys will be checking this out on their on their social media feeds. Sounds a lot like a lot of fun. AT and T Stadium is a little out of a place to be doing it, but I mean, it it, uh, it makes sense though in that it's a huge space. So uh, the, with a million cards, you're going to need as much space as you can get. It's going to be uh, interesting to see as as news flows out about this 
how it's going to go down. And uh, we're looking we're looking forward to it. So hope you guys are uh, as well because that's a lot of baseball cards. That's a whole lot of cards. Um, <clears throat> a little trend that's happening that uh, we'll we'll give Drew credit. I, I first saw it with Drew. He posted it, uh, and then I, I I I took a look the following Monday or Tuesday just to see where it was still at. Man, Prism cards are are crazy as we all know. But there's one particular one. It's a 2018 Panini Prism Lamar Jackson uh, Black Finite Prism one of one rookie auto Jim Mint 10 from PSA that is up right now uh, on eBay. You can still go find it. It is at this nice asking price of $98,500. We all know that he's not going to get $98,500 for it. But, I mean, we can all dream, right? It's It's crazy. That these these things are going for now, but we've been talking about that for a year. But that's a, that's just a really big card I wanted to point out. It's a uh, cool to see uh, hopes and dreams. And I, if they win, if the Ravens win in the playoffs this week, I'm sure it'll even draw more attention. If they head on to the Super Bowl, which a lot of people are predicting, and you know, it could it could really jump up there. Uh, speaking of Lamar, just the base prism, the the silver hollow prism from 2018 is out of this world as well ungraded copies are selling anywhere between 500 and 700 dollars which is reminiscent of the steph curry tops or the bowman was it tops chrome bowman chrome rookie the man that thing took off really fast it's a it's interesting to see how the how the world is or how the hobby world is reacting to these uh these silver prisms and um, it's especially with the big name players in LeBron, the 2018-19 optic basketball, the, the first Jersey, the first Lakers Jersey, those cards are insane. Of course, we saw a nine, five sell a week ago or so for $360 raw. They're selling for about 115. It's nuts. So you guys keep doing you and, uh, and having fun with your silver prisms because, uh, it's really, it's driving the market. It's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, Zion, uh, who is still driving everything, it seems right now, is uh, still a hot hitter. So got to really, really uh, hope you're, you're pulling some heat out of that stuff because it's, you know, on the, on the resale side, it's, it's doing well. It's doing real well. All right. Um, I think that's going to be it for me this week as we get back into the flow of things. I want to, again, thank my sponsors, uh, Vintage Breaks. Please go check them out at VintageBreaks.com. Get in on a break. They have wonderful... Uh, not only vintage products, they have also some newer products that they're doing well. But I, man, I, I just I don't know a better place to get in on a vintage break like that because they're they're a lot of fun and the the cards they pull are just insane sometimes. And of course, um, Dynasty Breaks with their DynastyBreaks.com, always fun. They had a free giveaway, a free uh, a customer appreciation last night, and pulled three Jordan cards that were insane um, to see in a in a, in a product. A, a free product like that so um, go check them out let them know we sent you and of course pastime marketplace use code fat packs at checkout for 20 percent off your orders there that's going to be it this f- for this week i really appreciate you guys joining me again looking forward to uh big things in 2020 and um before you know before things get too hectic i just want to tell you again thank you uh we we, we will always appreciate your patronage here and uh just I want to. Uh, I want you all to know that, though I was down for three weeks, um, 
either you know away from not completely and totally away from a hobby. I, I was I was down, not necessarily by choice, but you know some of it was by choice. I, I really appreciate. It. I saw every, I saw all the tweets. I saw everything that went on. So uh, say thank you to guys who uh, to help with the show, uh, promote the show. I really appreciate that. And then finally, one last thank you to uh, Ultra Pro. Man, what a great giveaway that was to in twenty twenty. Uh, love doing that every year. Love seeing how the winners are posting up their their goodies, and uh, look forward to look for that again in uh, in December. That's going to be a lot of fun uh, in December. So uh, that's it'll be our fifth annual this this time. So maybe we'll we'll kick it up a notch if we can uh, convince Ultra Pro to do it, which I'm sure it won't be hard. All right, guys, that's it. Until next week, just keep listening. Cue the Drake. <laughs> <laughs>